Welcome to Kicking It With The K-Train, talking with people who help me keep an eye on my vision. Hey everyone, my name is Kyle Kuhn. I'm a totally blind US Paralympian author and speaker. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to live a full and adventurous life. Um, you could say that I have been pretty successful, um, but I definitely could not have done it without the help of some really incredible people. Um, so on this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to many of the people who have helped shape me into the person that I am today. Um, and you know, these are the people um, that really help me keep an eye on my vision. And maybe through hearing their stories, uh, they can help you as well. So let's get started. Huge shout out to my personal partners who help support my adventure athlete career. Um, massive, massive thanks to Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba. Um, straight from the freezer to either the grill or the stovetop, you guys. Um, I've been eating Bubba's for over 20 years. I mean, that's the majority of my life. And hands down, this is the best burger out there. So go check out BubbaFoods.com and uh, check out the store locator to see where you can get your favorite variety of Bubba today. Thanks so much to Infinite Performance Nutrition. Um, take your nutrition personally. Hydration and protein, um, custom tailored for your unique recovery, uh, tastes, sweat rate, um, you know, your training, your goals, you know, and, and your lifestyle. Um, you guys, I, I've been using Infinite since uh, before the Paralympics in 2021, and right now I can't imagine using uh, anything else. Um, they keep me fueled through every workout and every race. So uh, check out infinitenutrition.us, I-N-F-I-N-I-T, nutrition.us, and uh, use the code COON15, that's C-O-O-N-1-5, for 15% off your order. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the K-Chain, where I chat with people who have helped me keep an eye on my vision. I am really stoked to chat with this lady today. Um, I've gotten to know her pretty well over the last four, four and a half, five years or so. Um, if you are familiar with paratriathlon uh, or the Paralympic movement at all, um, you've probably come across her name before. She is, you know, three-time Paralympian, multiple-time world champion, Paralympic bronze medalist. Uh, but you know, beyond her sporting achievements, she's also um, possibly one of the most patriotic um, people that I know. A phenomenal mother, entrepreneur, speaker, author. Um, I could keep going on and on and on and on down the, you know, down the list, but uh, I'm really excited to introduce everyone to uh, my friend and teammate, Melissa Stockwell. Melissa, welcome to yes. the show. 
Hi, Kyle. I, I'm so happy to be. I yes, thank you for having me on. Um, I think you have the a, a list of accolades um, just the same that we could talk about, which I know that <laughs> you do from time to time. So um, much appreciate you having me on and excited to chat today. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So Melissa, let's just you know let's let's dive straight in um, because you know I, we were you know just a, a quick. Um, you know, we just had a quick little conversation right before I hit record and um, I am releasing this, we're releasing this episode on July 3rd. So the day before um, America's birthday, July 4th, and, you know, and I, I mentioned you're probably one of, one of the most patriotic and passionate Americans that, that I know. Um, how did you, where did that passion and that, that fire come from? Um, yeah, like just kind of tell yeah. us that. Tell us a little bit about that story a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when I so yes, you are you are correct where um I, I am a very even even with everything that I mean our country is far from perfect, as we all know, but I absolutely I always choose I always choose to believe to continue to believe in the people that live here. Um I truly believe good and in the people that that live here, and that's what I choose to focus on. So um, I am very much patriotic. I, I truly, I fly my flag high, you know, at my home every night. And, you know, so growing up, I was a gymnast. So that was my, my sport of choice. And I don't, we don't, the only thing we can think of, and I've talked to my parents about this is, so every, like growing up every, before every gymnastics meet, we would stand on the floor mat, hand in our hearts and national anthem would play. And we would like look into the, into the flag. Um, so I would always imagine myself getting like the perfect 10 in that American flag, which is like the a gymnast dream, right? So yeah. obviously the 10 never happened, but I, 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 I guess from that, I don't know, it's the only thing we can pinpoint is became this like passion of the flag and like the red, the white and the blue. And as I grew older, I saw military personnel, they had that flag patch on their shoulder and you could just tell that they were part of something bigger than themselves and kind of giving back to these colors and this flag that I developed like a, a true passion for. I mean, mm -hmm. from the time I can remember, I had this American flag in my room. My first wall was an American flag. I mean, I dressed up as a flag for Halloween, like everything is like the <laughs> American flag. Like we dressed our dog in American flag. So <laughs> I, I, I think like, it's almost like once you start with something too, it just kind of becomes your, your, your thing. But then yeah. obviously it, it was more than that, you know, after serving the military and then you know obviously as a Paralympian so it's kind of added on from there but it started somewhere when I was young I, I can't even remember not being not you know having a, a, a true love for our American flag yeah so you know we you know you went ahead and mentioned it you uh, served in the military you you joined the uh, army I think you went through uh, army ROTC um, at University of Colorado Boulder um, what was the, why did you decide to, you know, to join, you know, the army and the, you know, and, and go through ROTC and, you know, it, I, I think you actually planned to have a, you know, make the military a, a career, um, before your injury. So what, um, what was the thought process behind joining, joining the military? It was, I mean, it, sound, it sounds like so cheesy and cliche, but um, it was because I, I mean, I, I love our country. I wanted to wear that yeah. uniform and, and give back to it, to a country that I felt had had given me a, a, a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. So um, 
that joining, I went to, yep, like, I mean, you hit, 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 hit the nail on the head, went to, yeah, Colorado and Boulder um, for college. I joined the ROTC program. I knew I was going to go to college. And if you do ROTC in college, you end up being commissioned as an army officer. So I knew I was going to be an officer. Um, so in May of 2002, I was commissioned into the army um, at, mm -hmm. a, as an officer. And let's go ahead and, you know, I'll let you kind of take over the, the story from here. Um, why don't you tell, you know, some of uh, some of the people that, that don't know your story um, super well, because 2002, I mean, you, you're commissioned as a as an army officer. And then in, you know, so that's we had already at that point, you know, the U.S. had you know gone into Afghanistan and we're on the, the brink of going into you know, Iraq um, and you got um, you got deployed to to Iraq. So, like, tell us. Tell us your your story from from the time that you were commissioned as a mm -hmm. as a second lieutenant and um, yeah 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 tell tell us tell us that story because it's a it's quite the it's tale. A, well, we'll um we'll we'll do a semi cliff note version so we're not sure. all day. And so <laughs> when I was a senior in college, September 11th happened um, of 2001 when the twin towers fell. You know our nation was attacked and truly changed the course of the world, but it truly also changed the trajectory of, of my own life. Up yeah. until that point, we were in like, it was not, we were not in a war. It was not, a, we were not in the middle of a war. It was, it was peacetime. So yeah. when I got commissioned in 2002, it was basically like, it's not if, but when I'm going to be deploying over to a foreign country. Mm -hmm. So um, I was commissioned as a second lieutenant. I became eventually part of the transportation corps did an officer basic course and then ended at my first duty assignment in Fort Hood, Texas, part of the first cavalry division. Mm -hmm. I became a, a, a platoon leader, so put in charge of other soldiers um, as, a, as, a trans, as a transportation officer, put in charge of a whole bunch of, of vehicles. And I'd only been there for about five months when orders came down that we were going to deploy to Iraq in early 2004. So, um, you know, I was kind of waiting on it. And in early 2004, um, you know, orders came down. First cab is deploying in March. So kind of got everything ready for the deployment phase, which is everything from that camo green to the desert sand color. Mm -hmm. And then in March of 04, boarded a plane. It was going to be a year long tour um, over in Iraq, um, landed in, in Kuwait, spent three weeks there and then made the trip up into Iraq where I was there for another um short three weeks before um yeah my my life changed forever yeah yeah i don't know, so, I don't know, if, you, I don't know if, you're, if you want me to continue or we'll all stop yeah there. no no i i actually i actually do want you to to go ahead and continue because um yeah like your you know like like you said your your life really changed forever after just a, a very short three weeks so why don't you you know, tell, tell us the story from, uh, from your perspective of, of what happened. Yeah. Um, so it was, so we'd been in Iraq for, um, three weeks and it was, so as a transportation officer or in the transportation corps, you're, you're on the road a lot, yep. which is not the best place to be over in Iraq. And on April 13th to 2004, kind of started out like any other day, um, eventually got into our vehicles. I was in a Humvee and about um, 20 minutes into the ride, my vehicle was struck by a, a roadside bomb. Mm -hmm. And to make what could be a 
long story pretty short, um, it resulted in the loss of my left leg. Um, we, and I, that was the last day that I ever stood on, on my own two legs. So I'm, yep. um, you know, 20, almost 20 years later, I, you know, now and an above the knee amputee, um, you know, as, as we all know in the Paralympic world, um, acquiring a disability, you know, as, as, as an, I guess I was an adult, we'll say, um, you know, took some, um, definite, uh, trying to figure out like a new normal basically. So I lost my leg in Iraq. Um, I was sent to Walter Reed army medical center, which is at the time is where all the severely wounded soldiers went. And that Mm -hmm. is where I, yeah, learned to live truly like live a life, um, with, with just one leg. And, if there's any place to do that, it is at a military hospital because there's so much devastation, but there's like so much resilience also. I mean, if I ever had a, if I ever had a bad day, I just had the, you know, the soldier in the room next to me was missing both of his arms above the elbow. And how am I supposed to complain when I have three good limbs? So talk yeah. about like putting things in perspective, um, but still, I mean, I was 24 years old and a second, a leg is gone and just having to relearn life basically. Yeah. So like, you know, I mean, for me, like I, I, you know, I grew up being, you know, being totally blind. So like I, I adapted relatively quickly. Like what is, what was your, you know, what was your process of going, you know, learning to learning to walk again, learning, you know, that you could still be, you know, that you could be an athlete could, you know, you could, you know, learning that there was still, you know, hope beyond, you know, just, you know, losing something that you had had for the last 24 years that, you know, I'm sure, you know, kind of took for granted. Right. I mean, it definitely didn't happen overnight. Um, You know, no one learns. Well, I mean, some, some people learn to walk overnight. I know I did not. Um, (laughs) So it's, um, and it wasn't just learning to walk again, but it was learning to walk with this, you know, device that I had no idea I mean, the here there was this piece of metal and plastic, and you know, my new my new leg wasn't a prosthetic leg, and I couldn't, right. you know, think my I couldn't think with my brain and move it. I had to learn how to use it. So it was um it was a process. I I had I had a lot of surgeries, um, a lot of infections, and it took me about um I stood up for the first time 52 days after I lost my leg. But I remember standing up in that parallel bars and. You know, I think naturally, I mean, I'm, I know you're this way also, like someone tells you to do something, they're like, you're only going to walk, you're only going to walk for 10 minutes today, your body has to get used to it. And before yeah. you know it, you're like, 10 minutes, like, no, I'm going for like four hours until I'm going <laughs> to fall over. So, exactly. so I think, I don't, I don't, right. I mean, especially after, you know, like your surgery, I mean, you just want to get back to things very quickly, probably quicker oh, yeah. than you should. Exactly. Um, and it, it's so, so it's hard, like, it's like that learning process to listen to your body, um, and realizing that it's not going to happen overnight. But I think that motivation is, you know, I think it's, it's, it's almost been in, in me or in us, you know, I mean, you included like from, from, you know, when we were younger. So that motivation yeah. at, at times like that helps incredibly to kind of learn how to live that new life. For sure. And so like, we're going to start to shift gears very slightly, uh, because I think while either while you were you were still rehabbing at Walter Reed, or um, it might have been a, a year or two later, uh, you started to 
you got really interested in, in prosthetics. Um, and at the same time, I think you were also learning about, you know, the para, the Paralympics. So, you know, walk us through, let, let's, let's go ahead and just talk about the, the Paralympic journey, um, first. Um, so like, how did you first learn about the Paralympics and, you know, what was, what was the process of becoming a Paralympian for the first time? Cause you went to your first games in 2008. Yeah. So I learned about the Paralympics first, um, guy by the name of John Register. If you're in the Paralympic community, you might know he, oh, yeah. he was a, he's a hurdler. He's above the, he's an incredible, he's an incredible person. So oh, yeah. He came to Walter Reed about a few months after I was there, put this presentation on about the U S Paralympics, which I had no idea even existed at the time, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you know, John, you know that he has this voice where he's like, if he talks, you're like, actually, yeah, I, I do think I want to do that. So he like, <laughs> he put this presentation on and he was like, if you, and I feel like he was talking right to me, like if you train hard enough, if you dedicate yourself to a sport, then you can compete on the world's biggest athletic stage and represent a country you defended over in Iraq. And I would like jaw on the ground. And I left that room being like, okay, like I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go see what I can do and try to make that happen. <laughs> um, so that was in 2000, end of 2004. I was medically retired and out of the military in 2005. And then I set off to try to make the 2008 Beijing Paralympic team, which was mm-hmm. um, really no, I decided to go for in the sport of swimming. I'd never, I'd been a competitive swimmer, but like, you know, age group, like up into the age of like 10. Sure. So never like trying to relearn how to start off the blocks, I'd do flip turns, a, a total long shot to make the team, like competing against athletes who had been, you know, competing their whole life with their disability. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm proud to say that it, it took, it took, you know, two and a half years, but I, that I, that I, it, it actually, it, it worked, you know, it, my yeah. time's got fast enough and Paralympic trials was like a, I don't even know how those, t- I pulled those times off, but it, it <laughs> qualified me for the, the Paralympic Games. So, um, yeah, 2008, I got to compete in my first games. I'm over in Beijing. And I believe that was your first time being elected uh, for the closing ceremonies as a flag bearer as well. So yes. what, yes. what were the, what were your emotions when, when you got the news that you were going to, you were the one carrying our our Uh, flag? Very, um, like, I mean, it's very surreal. You know, I lost my leg four years prior, um, was total long shot to even make it. I did not do well athletically in Beijing. I got a participation medal. So, you know, didn't make finals, wasn't on the podium. So it's kind of like, well, why, like, why, why me? Like, why am I the one doing this? But I mean, one of my proudest moments is carrying that flag in, realizing that, you know, it wasn't always about the medal. It was about the journey to get someplace and overcoming obstacles. And that was, and as I go back and like, think about my life at the moment that's what was meant to happen um so there's kind of more meaning behind it just given what's happened since then for sure and i mean you you could have stopped (laughs) you could have stopped i mean you uh i mean i think uh was it uh, i think going into beijing or just after beijing you you went back to school and got your you became a prosthetist um you were you know you were you know, and then at the same time, you also, you know, started to learn about this ridiculous sport of triathlon that for mm-hmm. some reason sucks, all, you know, everyone in, <laughs> um, like you could, you could have stopped, you know, what, uh, how did, how did you decide or, you know, what, 
why did you decide to get into, into triathlon transition out of swimming, go for, you know, go into triathlon and, you know, I mean, you became, you became it. I mean, you became way more passionate about triathlon and, you know, than any other sport in the, in your past. Like it, you know, you got, you got good quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, so so yes, I could have stopped. And I think after 2008, I was like, okay, like swimming, I did, I did that. I'm probably not going to swim anymore in the Paralympics, but then I, once you're an athlete, you're always an athlete, you know, sure. and there's uh, many might be familiar with a group called the challenged athletes foundation. And they mm-hmm. invited me to do a triathlon in 2009. And I was like, who wants to do a triathlon? Like swim, you bike, you run. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. Sounds but miserable. I had a bike, <laughs> obviously a decent swimmer and I got in a prosthetic leg, a running leg that I was just kind of learning to use. So I'm like, you know what, let's just, let's try it. So I go out there, cross the finish line, and I'm just like hooked. I love the challenge of all three sports, you know, being on the same course as able-bodied athletes. And it turns out like I wasn't so bad at it. Um, Keeping in mind that in 2009, paratriathlon was like very much at its infancy. Like the competition, like it it is nowhere near what it is today. So Mm -hmm. um, so early on, I did end up going to... I think I went to my first world championship in 2010 um, and in 10, 11 and 12, you know, I, I did win the world championships um, again, not the competition it is today, but at the same time there, there was, there, I mean, there were some athletes there, so, sure. you know, still kind of on, on the resume, but then um, just kind of became like just super passionate about it. I, I, I love the sport. I love all three of them. I love the fact that, this many years later, it's gotten, I mean, the competition is true and it's fierce and it's, um, I, I like, I like seeing like where it's going and how far it's come. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you, you've literally grew up with the, with the sport. It's, it's kind of, you know, it, it's, it's really crazy to, to imagine it's, that, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm you, you saw it one. right from the, right one. from the get go, yeah. but, yeah. you know, but, you know, but, but again, Melissa, like, you know, you're, you're, you're a quote unquote team mom. You're, you know, you're the fine, you're the, you're the fine wine of our, of our team. Right, like you right. just keep, just keep getting you, just, better. you literally just keep getting better. Like you are so much stronger, faster than you were, you know, in your, yeah. you know, in, in like when you're, when you're winning world championships. And so, but, but like, let's go ahead and, and shift to 2016. Um, you know, well, it's announced that the, you know, that Rio is going to host paratriathlon for, you know, first Paralympic games. Um, and you know, why did you, uh, I mean, like, when did you decide that, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to try and get to get to Rio for, mm-hmm. uh, for the Paralympic games. Cause that was also a, a very, um, pivotal time in your life too, because, uh, I think you got, you know, you were, you know, got into a new, relationship um married had a kid mm-hmm. and, like all like mm-hmm. it was a busy you know 2014 to 2016 that's a busy time of life for you like right <laughs> that's yeah. when you started that's when you started your juggling act really <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah so i think you know we were all hoping that it was going to become a, a paralympic sport and it was just the natural progression like once it was announced it was a like kind of like a no-brainer like of course i'm going to try to make this a reality sure. But yeah, but first, um, I did marry I, Brian. I 
my, my husband, Brian, we got married in 2015. Um, we did yep. things backwards where we had my son Dallas first. So he was born yep. in 2014. And then, so had Dallas, we got married and then had to kind of have this quick turnaround to see if I could qualify. And I will say that losing a leg and getting to be an athlete is, is it can be tough within a short time frame. but like having a kid <laughs> and trying to get back into shape is like a whole different ball game, right? Like oh, yeah. every, everything changes like the body, the fitness, like now you have this like little human that you're trying to keep alive. So it's the, everything changes, but it was, um, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but like, it, I mean, children, having your own kids is like the biggest motivator in the world to try, at least it was for me to try to like make these dreams a reality. So I'm just fortunate that I have an incredibly supportive husband, um, you know, and, and we made it work. And again, I feel like, I feel like the theme of my Paralympic career is like total long shot to make the team. Um, (laughs) and I, I, I didn't qualify right out. I had to get like an invite slot, um, to make it to Rio. But when I made the team for Rio and then we realized that it was going to, the date of our race was September 11th. It was just like, a wow moment of wow like this actually happens like this and i'm a part of it yeah um yeah yeah and you're and you are part of one of the most you know honestly one of the uh, you know a, a pretty iconic photo um which has been you know you know translated into uh, murals and you know i mean it's one of the honestly it's one of the greatest triathlon moments in usa history uh where you're you know yourself Haley Dance and Alyssa Seeley swept the podium. Um, and on September 11th, first, you know, uh, you know, I mean, first time the paratriathlon is in the, in the Paralympic games, you got three American mm-hmm. flag flags up there, 15 years to the, to the date from September 11th. What, I mean, yeah. what were, yeah. Yeah. what, then what then was going through your mind? Oh my gosh. I was like, Oh, I, I mean, I got a bronze medal. I felt like a gold. I mean, I was, I lost my voice from screaming so much in, in joy, um, you know, and I being on that podium, it was this moment of like full circle, you know, literally streets of Baghdad through Beijing onto Rio, September 11th, three American flags, our national anthem. I mean, my fa- my husband and friends are up in the stands. Dallas, my son, was two at the time, but we had these jumbo size heads of him with us. I mean, talk about uh, a moment, like September 11th. I mean, truly showing like the the world, like how much like the power of the American spirit, I think because of, mm-hmm. you know, a September 11th and then, you know, how much ability is in a disability and just with my teammates. And I mean, it's one of those moments that will go down as one of like the greatest moments in my life. And just that, inc- that, that day as a whole is just something that, I mean, I get chills thinking about it all these years later. I think I always will. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like anytime I think of it, like I, I was bare, like I was, uh, I was barely even in, in, diapers in triathlon terms, uh, in 2016. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't really appreciate and understand, um, what you guys had, had done until, you know, I, I really started dipping my toes into the, into the world triathlon racing circuit in, in 2018, 2019. Um, but like it, it, it still gives, it gives me chills. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can only imagine, yeah. um, you know, what, it, what it does for, you know, for, for those of you that yeah. actually were, were part of, part of that. Um, but so, you know, again, you know, you're part of this iconic 
this iconic moment. Um, you then, you know, you go off and, um, you know, you, um, you and you and Brian decide to have a, a second, a second kid, um, Millie, you know, you, you have Millie in, I think, 2017, 2018. And, and then the, uh, the option to, um, move to Colorado Springs and, mm-hmm. you know, move the whole family, uh, you know, across the country. Like, was it always the plan to make, you know, no. go for, to- go for Tokyo? <laughs> what was it? You know, no, no, how did no, that I, conversation yeah. go with your, uh, with your family? Yeah. <laughs> you know, way better than I thought. I feel like, so after Rio, I'm like, how can you top this? Right. I mean, again, I felt like I it felt I was on top of the world. I'm like, I can yeah. top this. But then like, so then in 2016, so I got pregnant. Um, we had my yep, daughter Millie in 2017. And then I started to kind of, you know, just get back into fitness after I had her. And I'm like, why, why am I stopping? Like, it was kind of this internal dialogue of like, I still really enjoy it. Like, yes, the kids are young. They take up all our time, but like, I need something for myself also. I'm very, you know, like, I, I think it's really important for like parents to always have kind of their own thing. So sure. like, well, so when I kind of started to, I kind of bring it up to Brian, like, oh, maybe I should try for Tokyo in 2020, 2020 at the time. And, and then in 2019, we got this, or 2018, got this email. It's like, there's going to be a resident team, a triathlon resident team in Colorado Springs. And I, I, I put it in my, um, I, I, I deleted it. Like, I'm like, there's no way I'm not even going to ask him about this. Yeah. Like how would we move the entire family out to Colorado to like, for me to do something that might not even happen. But then I think, but then I offhandedly kind of mentioned it to him in like middle of 2018. And he's like, yeah, go ahead, apply for it. I'm like, wait, wait, what? He's like, yeah, we'll move <laughs> out there. And I was like, uh, okay. So I applied for it. I got in in 2019. We packed up all of our stuff in U-Haul, moved out to Colorado so I could train at the Olympic Training Center in hopes of Tokyo. Um, a temporary move, rented our house in Chicago. We rented a house in Colorado, quickly realized that we love Colorado, sold our house in Chicago, bought a house in Colorado. And, um, but I mean, Tokyo, I mean, again, the theme continued. We're again, kind of being yep. a long shot to, and then COVID and everything that came with that, obviously. Yeah. And, and like, we're going to actually, you know, let's, let's jump into that because COVID threw a big wrench into, um, into your life in particular, because you and Brian, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, um, you had become a prosthetist, um, Brian, you know, Brian is a you know, top tier prosthetist, uh, and you guys decided to open your own, uh, prosthetic, you know, mm-hmm. prosthetic company, your, your own business right here in, in Colorado Springs. And, um, I think yep. you guys opened your doors, what a month uh, right before a week, the oh, pandemic oh, oh, yeah. a, week, a week before the pandemic <laughs> uh-huh. like we did we did so we moved out and brian he wasn't thrilled with his job in, in chicago and it was kind of a good like separation of okay let's see what let's let's find something new that i enjoy a little bit more sure. um and so we kind of sat on it that summer of 2019 and then he'd always he's brian my husband is a very good boss he's um he will admit he's not great at working for someone else he's great at Mm -hmm. but he treats he treats other people great but he likes to be the boss of them or like yeah yeah. so he's like well why don't i try to open my why don't we try to open our own business and it's scary like opening a business i mean you have no idea there are a ton of money goes into it up up front will it succeed like how is it going to work so yeah, early 2019, we opened our doors to Tolls Mustafa Prosthetics. It's both of our last names. Um, yep. And a month later, COVID hits. And we um, we made it through COVID largely in part to, um, 
athletes that like I knew from the training center. That's kind of how we yeah. got through COVID because it was word of mouth. Yeah. Um, but now it's been, gosh, you know, four years and Brian, I give 90% of the credit to him. He is great at what he does. He is a phenomenal orthotist, prosthetist. He has fit elite level athletes. I mean, dozens of them. He has fit members from the community, pediatrics. I mean, we are a thriving business. So it's, it's pretty cool to see where it's come from. Um, and it is, I mean, I am there when I can be, sure. um, but you know, with training and I, a lot of the mom duties and traveling and racing, it's, I, I'm not there as much as I wish I could be. Um, yeah. so he is mainly, he's the one that's mainly there, but he is, I, I'm really proud of him for where it's come. He's, he's, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible. Just, you know, it's watching from the sidelines, you know, you guys building yeah. this, this incredible business and at the same time juggling, you know, family and elite athletics and, like, uh, you know, any, anyone who I, I often say, like anyone who says they don't have time for something, um, uh, you know, just go, go talk, go talk to the Tolsmill, uh, oh, you know, Stockwell, yeah. Stockwell right. residents. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going through all this, you know, juggling, opening a business, trying to make the, you know, the Tokyo team, um, you know, it, it, you know, it, we, you know, we all are traveling during at the beginning of 2021 you know in these really strict lockdowns and you know tight all, all this crazy all this crazy stuff and um and you were at the you know initially you were on the outside looking in um for tokyo but then yeah. you uh you were able to you know get another um get another invite spot mm-hmm. um well, you know, well, you know, well earned. It, it's one of the, the, the terrible things about, um, you know, about our, our sport is that, you know, we can only get, we can only technically qualify two people per mm-hmm. class and gender, but, um, but like you're, you know, I mean, you're, I mean, you were racing incredibly at, you know, at the beginning of 2021 and, um, you know, some more, you know, it, it, it just seems to be a theme that, you know, when, when hiccups and wrenches get thrown in your way, you just bounce back from them. Cause, um, so why don't you tell us like you pretty much found out you made the the Tokyo team uh, that you had a big wrench thrown in your, in your way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so similar to leading into Rio, we had a qualifying race. I didn't qualify. I was, so I had to wait this like extra two weeks, extra like time to see if I get these special invite slots. So I have no idea if I'm going, if I'm not, and in the meantime, yeah, bike, I was on my bike, training ride, swerved around a branch, flew off the bike, hit my, hit a tree, fractured my back and still have no idea if I've gotten these invite slots. So I'm, um, I'm very, 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 very fortunate in how I got injured. Um, it fractured my back, but I didn't need surgery. I didn't need, like, I wasn't paralyzed. Like I was alive. Right. I like, I was very fortunate. So the doctor's like, well, you just got to rest. I'm like, okay, cool. And then literally the next day I get an email that I have been, I've gotten an invite slot. I'm going to Tokyo (laughs) in five weeks, but, but the doctor has just told me I have to like rest for like, you know, months to make this my back, like not make, make it any worse. And plus I was, it was incredibly painful, but but it was this moment of like, Oh, geez. Like really? Like, like it was so much excitement. Like I'm going to my third Paralympic games. 
it's the games of COVID. Like we made it through it. It's going to happen. But I just fractured my back and I'm supposed to rest for the next eight, eight weeks, but the Paralympics are in five weeks. So um, I visited Sportsnet a lot. Um, I, I mean, as we all know, you jump into things way sooner than you should, but I swam first and then I biked. I didn't run until the week before, um, before the Paralympics, but I made this yeah. choice. Like I, who knows what would have happened had I not fractured my back. It was more of a choice of let's just be, like live in the moment, be happy to sure. be here, be proud to be like representing your country uh, at the Paralympic games. And I got, I got fifth place. Um, but I, I mean, like I'm the happiest, I I'm pretty sure I was like the happiest fifth place finisher in, in Tokyo. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say just based on, I mean, cause my race, you know, I didn't, unfortunately I didn't get to see all of your race because right, I was getting right. ready. Get, mine, yep. mine took off right after yours. But, uh, but every time I, I heard, you know, the ra- you know, radio chatter and all that, every, everyone was all, it, it was Melissa's still smiling. Melissa's still smiling. Yep. Yep. Pretty, sure Mel- yep. pretty sure Melissa Stockwell was the only one smiling on that race course. Cause that was, a brutal, <laughs> that was a brutal course. <laughs> it, it, it was, but I mean, and yeah. And I, and it's hard to say like, Oh, what if, I mean, you, you can live your whole life saying, well, what if I hadn't have broken the back or what if I wouldn't sure. have done this, but it happened. I, again, felt very fortunate. Like chose just to be there and coming on the blue carpet i knew that my family was watching on the screen like brian he says his favorite thing in the world is to see me smile down the finish shoot because he knows that i'm happy then so smiling for him because i knew he was watching and my kids that were watching and yeah it was i mean each paralympics has been different and that was just as different i hope i never have to repeat competing on a broken back but what a story right (laughs) it's it's i mean i gotta i gotta say like you know again like you know just you know, whatever, whatever obstacle gets thrown in your way, lose a leg. Ah, I'll just go, you know, I'll, I'll go become a, an elite athlete, uh, you know, top tier prosthetist. Um, you know, right. you know, let's go, let's go get into triathlon. Ah, no we big deal. Let's go, let's go win. Some, let's get some, win some races. Let's go win some, you let's go win some battles. Too. You do that too. <laughs> I love you, Melissa. You're awesome. That's great. Uh, but, but, no, um, you know, as you know, we'll, we'll start wrapping up here you know, shortly, but I, I do want to go ahead and, and get into, um, you know, we're going to rewind just a bit because um, you're, you know, you, you said that you're super, you become super passionate about triathlon. And, you know, when I, when I say you've grown up with the sport, you've grown up with the sport, but you've, you also have, you've played a huge hand in growing the sport. Um, tell, you know, tell everyone about Dare to Try. Yeah, I would love to. So um, Dare to Try, it's a nonprofit that I co-founded with two friends, kind of based out of Chicago, well, it is based out of Chicago. And the idea was to get other athletes with physical disabilities into the sport of triathlon. So, I mean, I think, so sports can play such a huge role in someone's life, whether you have a disability or not. But I mean, I I have lived it, like, and I see it with my kids, like the self-confidence, the excitement, the self-worth, like you get that from sports. And then you add in their disability and someone's like, oh, I can, I'm in, I have a spinal cord injury or I'm missing an arm or a leg. And how can I ever do a triathlon? So at Dare to Try, we take away like all the, all the barriers. So we have adaptive equipment someone can use. We have um, three-day camps in the summer. We have year-round programming. We have virtual programming. We have mentor programs. Like you name it, like we have it. And we have helped, I mean, you know, 600 plus athletes like do their very first 
triathlon. And it's, it's incredible to see them cross that for their first finish line, because a lot of times like that finish line is like the beginning of, of they see what they can truly do. So it's one of my proudest professional accomplishments. Um, dare the number two tri.org based out of Chicago, always looking for volunteers to race with our athletes to, you know, have water on the aid station. So, so many opportunities if anyone out there is interested in getting involved, but um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. And phenomenal, phenomenal organization. It's brought so, so many people in, into the sport and, you know, it just, it just keeps growing. And it's, it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just, it's incredible what, what you do. Um, you know, just, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll be wrapping up, like, you know, like I said here, very shortly, just a few more questions for you. Um, so really, I, the, the next question really is, so what's next for Melissa Stockwell? I mean, you know, we, we've gone, you know, we've gone over a lot of accomplishments, a lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've accomplished, we, we didn't even touch on. Um, so, so like, what's next? What's next? So another Paralympic Games. It's like I keep saying I'm going to retire, and then it's like here I am, like this many years later. Yeah, one more. Um, so the, obviously, the, I mean, at this point, it's like a short-term goal, Paris 2024, sure. and um, you know, next the end of next August. So continuing to train at the Olympic Training Center with you, uh, yep. you know, swim, bike, and run, and the qualification period starts, and you know, in just a week. So yep. I'm trying to, you know, I think the goal would be to not to be one of the, one of the athletes that like earns a slot and doesn't have to wait. Not that you don't earn it when you get an invite, but that you, I I would love to be an athlete, someone that didn't have to wait for that invite slot, but to like, just, you know, earn it at at, at a specific race. So I'm trying to be the best athlete I can be Um, above all that. Obviously is being the best mom I can be. My kids five and eight um, keep me very busy. I'm actually currently sitting to talk about, um, you know, the patriotic side of things. I'm currently sitting at the U S at the air force Academy outside the hockey rink because my son is inside in a hockey camp. And there, I don't know if there's some helicopters that have flown by, but like it's, that's what, that's why I love Colorado Springs. There's like all these, there's always like these aircrafts. You're like, that is America out there. Um, So that's what I'm doing right now. So my kids keep me very busy. Um, I do a lot of motivational speaking. So, you know, traveling around to businesses and companies all over the nation. Um, So it's, it's a busy life every hour of my day, every night before I go to bed, I nap out the next day and like every hour is blocked out and then something goes over. It's like a, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to make it work. So um, it's a busy life, but it's a, it's a really good life. Like I so continuing just to, you know, be the best mom I can be, be the best athlete I can be, you know, share my story and um, yeah, just like enjoying it because it's, it's good. Absolutely. And like, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question, but like, what do you want your, like, what do you want your legacy to be like, like when you like, do you think about mm-hmm. your legacy or like when you, when you step out the door, like, you know, how do, how do you picture your legacy? Sure. Like when you, yeah, like when I, you're I think, lo- like when you're long gone or like, what do you want people yeah. to remember you for? Um, but, I mean, it's a good question. You know, I think now that I have like uh, my life used to be like straight athletics, but now that I had this, this family and again, mm-hmm. it's like this cliche statement, but I, if, if someone remembers Melissa Stockwell, I hope it's number one is like a, a good person. I'm like a kind person, but yep. someone who did 
show that like it, it is possible to be a female, to be an elite athlete, to have a career, to have a business, to, to be a mother, to still like, to, 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 to try to do, have your, to, to try to do it all right. Like it is yeah. possible to, to, to do that. And I think the hope is that if someone sees that, or maybe sees, you know, a, a story about, about me, will say that they're like, okay, like if she can do that, then you know what, I'm going to try to do that too. And maybe someone realizes they can do way more than they ever thought that they could. So, um, I, I guess that like a kind, someone who's you know, a, a kind person that is, is a decent athlete, but, a, a you know, tries to be the best mom they can be and tries to, you know, enhance, enhance the lives of others she meets. I, I don't know that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you live it, you live it every day, Melissa. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I honestly, like, I, I, you know, I, I, like, I, like, I know that the way you have comported yourself, um, you know, since getting to know you and, you know, since we both joined the resident team in 2019, um, I know that I have really, really looked up to you um, in the way you handle your, you know, your business, your, your, like, you are a professional through and through and you do it uh, so kindly, so graciously. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever heard you utter um we finally got you to utter some swear words, but um, don't say that on here, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not even sharing all the dirty secrets. Yeah, <laughs> come on, no, um, no, and, and like, like it's just you know you, you're just you're an incredible, incredible human, um, and you know you you've just been you've been really helpful to me, um, you know just just learning from example, um, on how to, how to be a, a professional, how to juggle so many things. So I, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for, I appreciate uh, for that, everything. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you are, right. you are, you're, you're, you're team mom. So, I mean, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's someone, awesome. someone's got to be we, right. I've, yeah, we, we love our, we love, we love our team. Mom. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, well, mm. Melissa, this has been, this has been really fun. Uh, before we, before we, uh, bounce here, uh, why don't you let people know how can, how can we follow your journey? Uh, where can people pick up a copy of your book and, uh, you know, yeah. and, and find out more about you? Cause, uh, um, cause like I said, we, we barely scratched the surface here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, my book, there is a book, it's called the power of choice, um, by yours truly and Amazon. I think it's in, um, kind of any major bookstore. And then I do share a decent amount on Instagram M Stockwell zero one. And you can follow along. You'll see a lot of uh, training, some pretty cute kids on there and some, you know, kind of real life, real life elite athlete mom moments that I think we all deal with and try, yeah. to, try to just make it real on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you guys, you, you really do need to follow Melissa on Instagram. I, I really do encourage you to go pick up a copy of her book. Um, I think I got it as soon as it came out on Audible and it, it was, it's phenomenal. Um, it really um, gave me a, <laughs> gave me the, the final kick in the pants to, to finish my book and get my book published. And yeah, yeah so it was, yeah. it was awesome. It was how, awesome. How, how about, how about we, they go pick up both of our books? I, I like that plan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like that plan. Uh, but Melissa, I know you gotta, you gotta scoot, you got mom duties, um, all that. So go, uh, go give the family some hugs and kisses. 
And uh, I'm sure I'll see you uh, bright and early in the morning for swim, unless you're traveling. I sure will. Nope, I'll be there. We'll see you in the morning, Kyle. Thank you. All right. Take care, Melissa. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Melissa, for coming on the show. It was so great chatting with you about your story. And I think a lot of people are going to take just so much away from the way you live your life and comport yourself. So it's just so awesome and so incredible. So yeah, guys, I definitely encourage you to pick up a copy of Melissa's book, The Power of Choice, um, and definitely give her a follow on all the social media platforms. And as always, just... Thank you all so much for your continual support of, of me, of the podcast. Um, if you guys do want to follow my journey a little bit more closely, please give me a follow on all the social media platforms, Instagram at Iron Kyle. That's E-Y-E-R-O-N-K-Y-L-E. You can find me on Facebook at Kyle Kuhn Speaks and on Twitter at Kyle underscore Kuhn. Also check out my website, KyleKuhn.com. It's where you can pick up a copy of my book, Discovering a Life Without Limits, How Cancer Took My Sight blindness gave me vision and the mountains let me live and as always guys like i said just thanks for your support of the podcast um if you have a chance please you know head over to apple podcasts and leave a rating and a review uh those ratings and reviews really do help me out letting me know what you guys are enjoying about the podcast how i can improve all of that um and you know if you would rather just you know, send me an email or you know, direct message me on Instagram. Um, you can do that as well. You can send me an email, kyle at kylecoon.com. But as always, you guys, just thank you so much for your support. And I am really looking forward to having more guests on in the future. We got a pretty exciting lineup uh, in the weeks to come. So stay tuned. And to all of my fellow Americans, Happy 4th of July. And as always, keep an eye on your vision.